Hey, hey friend, welcome to the Free and Well podcast. I'm so excited that you're here and so excited to share this episode with you. Lacey and I connected on Instagram. She has an incredible account where she shares so much around high-functioning anxiety and self-compassion. And I'm so excited for us to dig into this in this episode. I really hope that you enjoy it. We talk a lot about what high-functioning anxiety is, what it can look like. She talks about this beautiful concept of anxiety alchemy. Anxiety alchemy, which is the magic of transforming fear, insecurity, low self-worth into authentic confidence and self-compassion. Amazing. So I hope you love this episode. I know I did. I had so much fun recording this conversation with her. We will definitely have her back on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy. And then I also just wanted to let you know that the next round of Bloom is open for enrollment. It won't be starting until the end of January, but if you want to head over and save your spot, you can do that now. And then also for the next week, For the next week, I'm running a 50K download giveaway because we just hit 50,000 downloads of the podcast, which I can't even express how grateful I am. And so in return, in return to let you know how much I appreciate you and just to say thank you, we are running a giveaway. So the link is below. You're just going to fill out a little short form and then you will be entered to win two, one of two Amazon gift cards. And I'm going to make sure that I will be sending out those gift cards by, I think, the 19th so that you can use them to order any last minute Christmas gifts or anything like that, if that's something that you're celebrating and doing. So uh, head down link to enter the giveaway is below. Again, I appreciate you so much. I hope you enjoy this interview with Lacey. Hey, sweet friend, welcome to the free and well podcast. Are you ready to start showing up authentically in your life? Feeling so confident in who you are. Are you ready to stop second guessing yourself, comparing yourself, and wasting your precious time procrastinating and scrolling on social media? Hey friend, I'm Devani. I'm a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser. I'm a therapist, life coach, and dog mom. And I remember being right where you are. I am on a mission to share with you powerful faith and psychology-based tools and simple steps to help you start being kinder to yourself, feeling more confident, creating consistent, positive, healthy routines, and setting healthy boundaries, i.e. not saying yes to all the things. It's time for you to break free from self-doubt and comparison. Your most authentic, confident self is waiting. Even though I'm a therapist, this show is for educational purposes only. Information from the show is not a substitute for mental health or medical treatment. It is your time, my friend. Let's dig in and take some real, authentic, perfectly imperfect action together. Let's go. Amazing. My beautiful friends, I am so excited. I'm already having an amazing time chatting with Lacey. Lacey, tell us a little bit about you. So glad you're here. Yes. So happy to be here. I am a wife and a mom of two. I live in Northern California in the redwoods of Santa Cruz. We live in this really old 
house on a creek in the woods. Um, I'm a therapist and I have my practice here in the Santa Cruz area. And I don't know, I'm an animal lover, (laughs) coffee lover, all the things. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's actually a perfect segue. Tell us what is your favorite <laughs> fall or winter fall. go-to like coffee, tea, beverage. So I could drink a nice coffee year round and I love sweet things. So like the coconut black tie from Pete's, oh. if you haven't had it, you should check it out. It has like sweetened condensed milk, coconut syrup, a float of cream. It's beautiful and delicious. Sounds amazing. Yes. (laughs) Starbucks. I mean, I love all their holiday stuff, but, um, I honestly get like iced coffee with white mocha or toffee nut syrup. Combining those into the toffee nut white mocha is another level. Yeah. I'm going to add that to my list for sure. That sounds so good. (laughs) But I switch it up all the time. I don't have like one one go-to drink. I love all of the coffee. Yes. Love it. Awesome. (laughs) And then tell us where is one of your favorite places to hang out and spend time? So for me, anywhere in nature, outdoor spaces, we are so fortunate because we live in Santa Cruz, like I said. So there's a lot of forest around us. Um, and then it's a short drive down to the beach. So I think when I need to reset or just where I feel most grounded is anywhere out in nature. Mm, That's where I most want to spend a day. Yeah. It's so soothing. 100%. I feel like it's so grounding and just like really Mm -hmm. stabilizing, right? Like anytime that I'm feeling like frantic, frazzled, any type of just needing to feel more grounded in myself or just in general, I feel like, Mm -hmm. yeah, spending time outside in the trees or near the ocean is 100% my go-to also. Yeah. It's so powerful. We're fortunate to have that. Yes. 100%. And especially for you, I love, I didn't realize where you lived. So being Mm -hmm. up so close to the trees and the ocean. So Mm -hmm. cool. Yes. It has some, I'm getting used to the mountain life. Like it has some challenges. Last night, our power was out, for example. When it's windy or rainy, I almost have a bit of a trauma response. I'm like, we've done a lot to cut redwoods and branches and stuff like that, but it's kind of intense up here. Our fire is going right now. We heat the house with fire and we have space heaters and stuff, but it's just a a whole different (laughs) world. But then that's what's so interesting is like I drive 15 minutes and I'm at my office in Scotts Valley, technically, which is like totally a cute little town with all the shops and everything. So it's really kind of the best of both worlds. That's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us what is one of your favorite quotes versus something nugget related to what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah. So I love this quote from Rumi that says the wound is the place where the light enters you. And then also a more contemporary, a newer like poet that I just, I must've seen on Instagram or something. Rupi Kaur, K-A-U-R. Yes. Oh, okay. So she 
the one that gets me is to heal, you have to get to the root of the wound and kiss it all the way up. And I'm like, that so resonates because first of all, we all have wounds and we spend our lives, I think, trying to cover or hide these wounds from the world. And healing happens when we actually turn toward that pain with compassion and curiosity to make sense of its origin, right? Like getting down to the root. We often don't want to do that, but I do think that's required to make sense of that, you know, whether that's our childhood or wherever that origin of the wound is. Um, so yeah, it must be like the therapist in me, but I love a good transformation metaphor. Um, the last thing I thought about is this, I don't know if you've heard of this Japanese art um, called Kintsugi. Kintsugi, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's a 400 year old art process where they take broken pottery and they piece it back together with gold, filling in all the cracks. And it's built on this idea that like embracing our flaws and imperfections actually could create a stronger, more beautiful piece of art. So all the breaks are unique. Um, and the way it's repaired, like I said, is filling all the cracks with gold to put it back together. So I think that's so... Um, such a great metaphor that I use from time to time because in the Western world, we absolutely do not value brokenness, right? Like we learn the ways of perfectionism as this sort of like shield, like to protect us from pain and shame and our vulnerability. Um, we are uncomfortable with that. So this whole idea of like the brokenness is actually not a bad thing to be thrown away, but can be part of our transformation. Mm. Really oh speaks gosh, so to me. Amazing. Yeah. So amazing. I love those. Really so powerful. Much. Yes. And I want to throw out there to whoever is listening that you need to go follow Lacey on Instagram because <laughs> she shares so much. <laughs> She's just so much amazing content. Like as you were talking, I'm just like, oh, like th this is just what you feel when you see what you're sharing online. Oh. It's just like your passion for yeah. that self-compassion and breaking those perfectionist, you know, tendencies and things mm -hmm. like that. So oh, mm -hmm. I just love all of those quotes so much. I'm gonna like need to pause it and rewind and just listen <laughs> to all those again. I love that. Amazing. Yes. Tell us, why do you feel so passionate about, so what we're going to be talking about today is going to be, unless, unless we're taking somewhere else, right? Unless we're <laughs> yes, I'm open else. to anything. <laughs> the plan is to talk about high functioning anxiety and um, the alchemy of transforming anxiety. And mm -hmm. so tell me why these things feel so important to you. Why are you so passionate about these specific topics? Yeah. Well. There's a lot of things I could say about that. I was not always passionate about these topics, but these topics have found me, I suppose. But okay, so what I just kind of started to acknowledge is how we don't like, in the Western world, I should say, we are very emotion phobic. We tend to believe 
in our culture at large, that anxiety or really any what you could call dark or difficult emotion needs to be fixed. Like it's a problem, make it go away. Or we make it mean something about us that is like shaming. I'm weak. I'm inadequate. Only wimps and cowards are anxious or we, you know, name your negative belief about it, but we, we want to instinctively uh, avoid and push it away and repress and medicate and numb and outrun or project, you know, and all of that seems like it might be a good idea, but it actually doesn't work, right? Like it's, well, first of all, it is a lot of effort. It is a lot of work, but this idea of turning to recognize that actually all of our emotions have value and can be wise teachers for us, um, can be used creatively, can be part of our healing process. Um, That's why I think this is important. It's important. So I guess kind of saying that differently, um, when we learn to change how we feel about these feelings, to destigmatize them, that can be part of our healing. So that's important. It can be part of our transformation. But also the flip side is if we don't learn how to do this, then we become sick, become, you know, really phobic, really, you know, psychosomatic symptoms. A lot of suffering can be then acted out. We can become frozen and shut down and dissociative. Uh, It makes it really hard to thrive at all. That's kind of a long answer for why I think this is important. <laughs> yeah, I love, I mean, so much of what you just said. And I think even that last little bit, I so resonate with, because I feel like mm. there was a period in my life before I really mm-hmm. started to do my work around anxiety mm-hmm. um, and a lot of, you know, like my, my self-worth and self, like all of these things that I talk about so much on this podcast before I started doing that. I really did find myself in a place that you just described where it's like, you're really that word phobic, like really Mm. trying to avoid situations that might create more anxiety or really trying to, right. Like, and just your mind just becomes such a stressful place to be. Yes. Um, And yeah, just that, that word phobic really stood out to me because I feel like there were a lot of situations where I didn't trust how that I could handle it or what to say, or it just be so stressful. And then you just end up avoiding things that things, situations, people that may create those possible feelings because I didn't know how to handle the feelings. Right. right? Of course. Yeah. And I, I mean, phobia, uh, is fear of fear. Like that is what that is. It's the fear of feeling our fear a lot of the time. So that's where we do get into trouble is it tends to reinforce itself. It becomes very hard to break. Like you're saying, it, it becomes this pattern or a cycle. And so actually, paradoxically, the thing that we do not want to do is what we must do, which is turning toward learning to befriend the fear rather than being afraid of it. 
You're, so, I love that word too, the paradox, right? Because it doesn't yeah. feel that way, but it's like, exactly. When you turn towards it and when we finally decide to say, it's okay for this fear to be here, it's okay to feel this way. It's like, there's so much freedom and health and well-being that comes from that. Right. Right. So the thought that just came in my mind is, gosh, on Halloween. So that was actually now two days ago. I was like, was that yesterday? We have a seven-year-old and almost seven, almost three. And our son, who's almost three, I noticed trick-or-treating with him that he said over and over, I'm not scared. But we all know the sweet boy is terrified of these decorations, but he would tell himself, I'm not scared and try to like sometimes approach a house or, you know, he would often kind of freeze and turn around. And later that night I said, Scout, it is okay to be afraid. Those things are scary. Those decorations are scary. It's okay to be afraid. But I, I, that comes to my mind because it's like so instinctual to try and reject the fear, that vulnerability. There's something there (laughs) that we just do not want to acknowledge. So it starts young, man, two, almost three years old. You're like, I'm just going to pretend this isn't here. (laughs) I so appreciate you sharing that. (laughs) Yeah. My sweet boy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about one of, one of, you know, these topics that we're going to touch on is high functioning anxiety. So Mm -hmm. tell us more about what high functioning anxiety my look like or feel like just tell us mm-hmm. more about that because I love that you clarify it's not just anxiety you're specifically I think so much of your content which I love so much really touches on high functioning anxiety mm-hmm. so tell us more about right. that yeah so one way to think about it is well actually first of all I should say it's not a diagnosis in the DSM so it's not this like recognized clinical psychological diagnosis however it is very real. But one way to think about it is like this person that on the outside seems to have this confidence, this, um, like it says, high functioning element. They're organized. They're on top of things. They are high achievers. But inside, their inside does not match what is externally seen. Inside, there's worry and fear and insecurity driving all of that achievement a lot of the time. But despite that anxiety, they're able to almost, I almost think of it like the anxiety fuels this frenetic energy to keep achieving. The block, the finish line is always pushing back, 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 right? There's no success that's going to quiet that fear. So there's, you know, indicators, I suppose, like you're people pleasing, perfectionistic, you might really have a high need for reassurance from others. Um, Sometimes high sensitivity, negatively comparing yourself to other people. Again, that feeling of like an inner insecurity, like I have to overcompensate to prove that I'm okay. Uh, Struggle asking for help, fear of letting others down. There's a lot of different aspects like that. And that can also show up in things like sleep issues, um, different bodily based things. Um, but yeah, I think of it as like the outside is this certain picture of 
productivity and success, but the inside is this core of fear and insecurity driving all of that behavior. That's so powerful to think about. And I think just, I, I can imagine there's a lot of women listening who are very, right? They're, they're go-getters. They're doing it. They're trying to do all the things, but I think definitely sometimes it's easier for us to not notice if there is some anxiety going on, or if there Mm -hmm. are some unhealthy pieces of overworking or burnout Mm -hmm. or anxiety or right. Like, like very high stress levels when we're high functioning, it's almost right. easier to be like, oh no, it's fine because it's mm. like, I'm working, I'm fine. I'm showing up, I'm doing all the things. It's mm. almost easier to just kind of be like, no, it's fine. All those unhealthy like habits or even just like I said, like the high stress levels, things like that, I think are easier right. to kind of ignore sometimes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I get some comments sometimes that are like, this is me. I didn't never thought about this before. Right. Because we normalize this. Right. This is almost the American way or the American, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that, but it's kind of an expectation sometimes. Like you're the working mom doing all the things you're, and it's not to say that men can't struggle with high functioning anxiety because they actually can, but I'm specifically speaking toward moms or women in general, not just moms. Um, and it's normal. We have all somewhat subscribed to the, the cultural messaging of hustle and try and do and it's a badge it's, of honor. <laughs> yeah, the badge of honor of burnout and stress and always busy, right? Yes. Yes. I don't I don't value that anymore. I just don't see that's not a value anymore. And so that is possible, right? It's like you can learn to really reflect on what you are experiencing, what's driving your behavior, what what are what are we getting from this? How is it serving us? How is it harming us? What are the consequences? What is the potential ways that we love it? Right? It feels really good sometimes, and and other times it feels really bad. <laughs> um, and then from that awareness, like what needs to shift or where do we want to go? Okay. Everyone listening, I want you to hit pause, hit rewind 30. And I want you to save (laughs) all of those journal prompts that Lacey just shared with you. She just shared with you a ton of like gold journal prompts, right? Like how is this helping? (laughs) How is this harming? Right. What needs to shift? Yeah. Mm. So amazing to reflect on those things. And I think something that's been coming up a little bit that I've been hearing about is how easy it can be for us to not really be tuning into our values. And that's something that I love doing mm-hmm. so much is really getting so clear on like what actually matters to you, right? Because mm-hmm. like you said, we just naturally subscribe to these cultural values, mm-hmm. which is being busy, doing all the things, being very high functioning, like all of that, right? Mm-hmm. But when we pause and actually ask some of those questions that you just said, like, how is this actually helping me? How is this possibly mm. harming me? What, what actually matters to me? And like you said, it sounds like you really got into, I don't know if it was like just more clarity on what your values actually are, or maybe they shift mm. with time, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then we recognize we're like, oh, that actually me being busy all the time 
actually doesn't matter to me. Me saying that I can do all the things, me being that yes person, that actually is less valuable to me than feeling more peace or having more genuine connection with people or, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's just a process of growth and maturity for me. Some of that is settling into a sense of, I don't have to prove anything to Mm. anyone when I know that I'm okay. I'm okay. And what I define as like healthy self-esteem is this idea that I know my flaws, my failures. It's not denial of that. Like I'm aware of where I struggle for sure. But overall, I'm generally okay being me. I'm generally happy being me. That to me is true self-esteem. And so that through my own process is what has occurred that has been so healing. Like I don't have to impress anyone. I love to kind of be impressive sometimes. I love, you know, just like we all do, the ego loves the affirmation, but I don't have to strive for that when I know that I'm okay. My worth is inherent. I don't have, and this is maybe uh, relevant for high functioning anxiety. Some of what I believe is healing for that is to recognize and choose to practice believing if we don't believe it yet that our worth and value is inherent and it cannot be taken. It cannot be earned by the externals and it also cannot be taken away, right? We, I think some of that frenetic hamster wheel trying to achieve, trying to impress is because there's some connection being made that what I'm doing externally, what I can earn monetarily, physically, what I have, what I do, the letters after my name, who I know, who I associate with, whatever it is, that that is somehow connected back to me having worth. And I would say it takes a certain amount of choosing to break ties with that, to say, sure, those things are impressive or nice, but that does not define my worth then I'm free to achieve from a place of, I don't know, desire, passion, enjoyment, but it's not this really compulsive, stressful burden of I have to do this to feel okay. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so powerful. And something that just came to mind too, something that I, that comes up sometimes is this idea of needing validation from other people. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think you just touched on that so beautifully, this idea of like really leaning into what do I believe about myself Mm -hmm. and the belief Mm -hmm. that your value and your worth are inherent that you cannot Mm -hmm. earn or deserve or do anything to change that. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's just so huge. Yeah. It takes, it's like an unlearning because We are, you know, explicitly or implicitly trained and taught with our grading systems, with our, and this is not anyone's like, you know, ill intentions necessarily, but we are very like a productive performance oriented 
society. Our daughter's in first grade. We did the parent teacher conference and it's like, here's her grades. And my sweet husband was like, yeah, we're pretty chill. Cause the teacher was kind of like, are you okay with this? Like, how do you, what do you think about her grades? I'm like, man, we don't care. Like we genuinely are fine with her learning and growing and playing. And, but all that to say, we learn from a young age to kind of achieve and perform. And often that does get reinforced. People pleasing does as well. So a lot of this is an unlearning, taking off what I have learned, which yes. is, you know, a lot of us don't, we don't want to learn new tricks as old dogs, I guess. Totally. <laughs> Tell us more about this alchemy, this, this alchemy that has been yes. coming up in your writing and your work. Tell us more about this. This is the thing for me right now in this moment, learning about it in real time. So Alchemy, as it's defined in the dictionary, it acknowledges that it was this medieval forerunner to chemistry. And it's the idea of supposed, this was the attempt that we could take a base metal, kind of a worthless thing like lead, and turn it into gold, convert a base metal into gold. Um, another way to put that would be a seemingly magical process of transformation, creation, or combination. How I think that this relates to anxiety is that we can learn, we've kind of touched on this a bit, we can learn to, when we have, I guess, the courage to turn inward, to face what we don't want to face, to turn toward our pain, to turn into the anxiety and befriend it in a way, it can lead to really beautiful gifts. It can lead to wisdom for us. It can make more resilience. It can lead to, in my life, it's led to a really redemptive uh, vocation. Like it is not lost on me that the shyest, most terrified, quiet, insecure, didn't want to be seen or talked to <laughs> girl turned into a therapist with a public profile on social media who's willing, like it, it's very redemptive. So what is the wound that you've experienced that you want to banish that has brought you shame that you wish you could, you know, throw away or reject. And it's possible with this idea of alchemy that that thing that seems worthless and shameful can actually be turned into a gift for us. I mean, that to me is a lot of the work of therapy. It's the things we don't want to see, we don't want to talk about, but something in our spirit knows this has to be seen. I can no longer ignore the, I don't know, the scraping on the door of the subconscious. It's driving me insane, yeah. right? So that's, I, I'm starting to write about that now because I love it so much. <laughs> I love the idea of like transformations from the things that we want to reject 
there's something so healing about that yeah for me yeah. too yeah and I, I love what you said too because I think you're totally right it's like that feels like the overarching purpose of therapy right mm-hmm. is literally mm-hmm. like how how can I turn inward turn towards these things whether things that have happened in the past or whether experiences emotions that I'm experiencing mm-hmm. right now right how can I turn inward towards those and allow that to mm-hmm. alchemize into something amazing and yeah yeah so powerful lead to more freedom more peace more mm-hmm. more joy yes. if we want to feel joy we have to learn to feel our fear. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way around it. Yeah. So what a gift. I'm almost picturing as you're saying that like a dam. And it's like, if we are creating this dam so that we don't let in fear, anxiety, insecurity, mm. whatever it is, we're creating this wall, this barrier, because I don't want to let all that in. I'm trying to avoid it, right? Mm-hmm. It's also, you know, as you just said, blocking joy and peace and all of these other amazing things that you want. And when we learn to start opening up that dam and letting, letting whatever emotions are rising to come up and to learn how to navigate those with compassion, Mm -hmm. right? Like as we're able to do that, it allows all of those other amazing things to enter in as well. Those gifts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We don't have to settle for just being numb. Here's more on the other side. Yes. Okay. (laughs) On that note, as we're wrapping up, I wanted to ask this very specific question because it's something that I have tried to answer and I just really want your insight on it. Tell us what is the difference? And people may feel like this is so random, but I just had to ask you this because I heard it (laughs) and I like, okay. What is the difference between NAMI, like going on social media or Netflix, either of those, social media or Netflix, right? And numbing and dissociating in an unhealthy way versus, well, I love Love is Blind. And I also, I genuinely enjoy like watching, you know, reels. Like there are people that I love, genuinely love seeing their content on Instagram. Like tell me what is the difference? Like how, how can we discern that? Cause this is a mm-hmm. question that I've heard and I would love your thoughts. Yeah. So I, I think this might be different from person to person, but the mm-hmm. overarching thing that comes up for me is probably the same kind of guidance for everyone, which is, by numbing, by, I mean, the word numb is like, we are trying not to feel something. So the way to really recognize and differentiate, is this enjoyable or is this a numbing? Is, am I using this thing, scrolling in this case, to not feel something? And sometimes I will say numb is, I think there's nothing wrong with numbing, but if it's our only way of coping or if it becomes a way to try and like we've talked about today never make contact with any of the emotional energy we experience that will be a problem so um i see how profoundly powerful it is right like i can scroll and immediately especially like tiktok and instagram it's so intoxicating and so captivating and stimulating like that's powerful But what seems like this great way to distract initially, like, oh, maybe this is the thing, can actually become damaging over time. 
We must learn how to soothe our distress. If you know how to do that, then you can choose numbing at times. Or if you're genuinely enjoy, like enjoying and present and engaged or feel connected, great. But um, so it's that process of knowing what am I using this for? How am I experiencing this? Um, am I avoiding my life, my feelings? through this. Mm. Um, I don't that's know if that's questions. a clear way to describe that. But. No, 100%. I'm like, yeah. let's write all yeah. these questions on a post-it yeah. and then we can right. ask, right? And even right. maybe adding something that you touched on, maybe adding in as well, like how is my body feeling mm-hmm. as I'm here, right? Like how mm-hmm. am I feeling here? And you touched on that. Um, just Before, to really- during, and after yes. you could do that check-in. I mean, it's, it's not... It's crazy. You could be, go on, sometimes literally I go on Instagram to look up something specific and I am somehow on there, like 10 minutes have passed. I don't even remember why I opened it. (laughs) It's so crazy how quick, like it gets you. 100%. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you for answering that question. I have been trying to answer that question and just really wanted another, some other, some other input. Um, okay. Tell us what would be, what would be like either a a tool that you would recommend, Mm -hmm. um, a resource you would recommend. Mm -hmm. What, what would that look like for you? Yeah. When, when it comes to high functioning anxiety, we, anxiety is as much physical as it is mental. People with high functioning anxiety, we tend to live in our heads. We're overthinkers. And even that can be a way to avoid our feelings. So a coping strategy is going back to basics, in my opinion, which is practicing getting into your body. So that can be like soothing breathing exercises even just deepening the inhale down into the belly, practicing one minute at a time, even throughout your day, pausing, asking, what am I experiencing in my body? What do I notice occurring? What sensations are here? What emotions would I name? What, (laughs) I could go on and on. What are those feelings saying to me? Like there's so much there, but can we practice getting back into our body. That's what I would recommend. Mindfulness is huge right now. It's kind of like a buzzword, but it's just paying attention without judgment in real time, way, you know, harder in practice. (laughs) Um, A lot, I think at certain points, we have to learn the cognitive elements of identifying thoughts and becoming aware of unhelpful thought categories, challenging, replacing, all of that stuff can be really helpful. Um, But yeah, that's what I would really recommend is the, the concept of like learning how to befriend our emotions by allowing them and welcoming them learning to be with them can actually be really important. (laughs) So huge. Okay. What would be your last, like a last nugget or word of encouragement or loving message Mm -hmm. to to the woman listening to this right now? Mm -hmm. Well, I love the, the saying of like, you can't heal what you don't feel. 
And that's my encouragement is that if you've accepted numb as normal, if you feel like you are just making it day to day, barely surviving, it is possible to experience more peace and joy. It takes intention and resources and and effort, but it is absolutely possible. Um, And you can start with those basics. And that's what I'm like writing about right now in this like workbook that I'm working on is it's a lot of journal prompts, but it's woven with story and um, just to make it really accessible to have a bit of guidance in step-by-step starting a process like this, because I know not everyone can afford therapy. Like that is a real kind of luxury sometimes. And so I'm writing this workbook, planning to sell it for like six bucks or something like the price of a coffee, just to make that more accessible for help. So people can look for that. On that note, where do you mm-hmm. want people to come and hang out with you? I already mentioned your Instagram. All the links will be below, but I'm, where, where can yeah. people come hang out? I hang out most on Instagram. I also have TikTok, which is the same handle, Hey Lacey Warren, or LaceyWarren.com is my website, but I have the classic like link in my Instagram bio. If you want to connect, that's where you'll find me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lacey. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this episode spoke to you and encouraged you. And before you go, I have an online community that is just for you. Head to freeandwellcommunity.com and be sure to enter your email so you can be the first to hear about new episodes, to get Monday morning journal prompts, and to get special gifts from me. All right, my friend, I will see you at our next coaching coffee date. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.